Hello, Scott. I'm Jack Brady, and this is the Sweatcast, the weekly podcast that provides industry knowledge about the latest trends in the world of sport and fitness. Welcome back for another week. Uh, I'm your host, Jack. Today we have with us Alex and Steph, and our special guest, Ariana, uh, who is the co-founder of a company called Sweat and Sound. So um, let's just do a little introduction. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what you guys do. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Ariana. Hey. Um, I co-founded Sweat and Sound uh, about a year ago. Launched the company about six months ago. Um, yeah, my background's I've been sort of into fitness for a very, very long time. Worked for Nike for four years. I've danced for over 22 years. Um, did marketing in big corporate companies for a few years. And yeah, now I'm doing this. Um, as a company, we run immersive fitness events. So we incorporate live music with interesting venues um, using kind of weird and wonderful themes and try and take take users on a journey into the unknown. Yeah, that's cool. I know uh, I was looking through your, web, your website and there's sort of like this element of secrecy mm-hmm. around where the location is going to yeah. be. Could you maybe walk us through from start to finish you know, a typical day or workout or experience and, and how it works for someone who's interested? Yeah, absolutely. So part of, so our events, obviously they are fitness classes, but they're more sort of fitness experiences. And a big part of the experience is the build up. So we try and create a story and a theme um, out of every event. And in the build up, sort of through social media and through our invites and engagement with guests, we, we like to build up the anticipation and we do keep the venue secret until the day before so you'll know for example it's in Shoreditch or um, it's like five minutes walk from Hoban station or whatever but you'll only get a message with the exact location the the day before so a bit like Secret Cinema Club and So Far Sounds and um, that way it kind of I mean it's worked so far people (laughs) really like being part of this little secret community that kind of meets up and yeah it's exciting yeah, no, that's great. I feel like that's that's something that's really interesting. I, I haven't really seen anything like that around the London fitness scene. At least, I mean, I'm relatively new. But have you guys at all? No. Nothing that's the same, really. No. We both went to the last event, um, which was my music knowledge not very good, but I call it grime music. Um, <laughs> so grime, grime apparently. <laughs> um, so <laughs> grime's like UK rap. UK. Like it's the UK's version of hip hop. Gotcha. Okay. Basically. I was about to say, I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> yeah, like, think about hip hop, we've got UK equivalent, and that's grime. Okay, great. Yeah. And how often do you do uh, an event like this? So um, we've been doing monthly events. So in October we actually did two events, one after the other, and then we realised by our vague heart attacks afterwards that doing two events with a team of two in a space of like a week was a bit too much. Um, but yeah, we're doing monthly events for now. Okay, cool. And um, going back a little bit, I guess what kind of got you into the world of fitness? I know you mentioned you were a dancer for 22 years. Is there some Sort of I'll tell you exactly what it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was really fat. <laughs> like, unbelievably fat. And I'm not even just saying this. How old were we talking? I was about 13, 14 years old, right. and I was very, very overweight, and it was horrendous. And I danced all the time, and like I loved like keeping active, 
but I just didn't know how to look after myself. Yeah. And then when I was like 16 and I started learning about, you know, how to incorporate really good nutrition into my day and what to eat, what not to eat, how to work out in a way that's actually effective, I just became, yeah, just totally, completely changed my life. Like if I didn't do that, I would be very miserable and depressed. Okay. So yeah, it's like, I don't know. And then obviously fitness is, fitness is great. You know, you can go to the gym and you can work out, but I really like how fitness has become almost like this kind of cult following. It's merged yeah. into the creative sectors and people are treating the whole wellness and fitness industry almost like a religion in itself. Like people are making their lives and careers through being you know fitness bloggers and instagrammers and whatever and yeah i think it's just a really kind of interesting world what flipped that switch when you were 13 14 kind of how did you go from zoomly before you did a lot of dancing and um, what how did you switch from just doing dancing to doing i don't know what did you start doing and how did you kind of motivate yourself at the start it's really strange like i'm actually not 100 percent sure i think Obviously, it's just that change between being a kid and not caring what you look like to suddenly thinking, hold on, my way I feel isn't represented in the way I look and that's affecting the way I feel. And yeah, it's, it was a really natural kind of progression, but I didn't have any like role models or anyone to like tell me. Yeah tell me anything like my younger brothers and sisters I hopefully have been quite a good influence on them but yeah my parents just let me eat me and eat me yeah <laughs> that's still really hard because it's like a 13 14 year old kid you've got like everything going on yeah. like, emotionally in your head boys. and everything going on. Yeah. boys oh there were no boys actually <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did you start doing when you suddenly decided to... I'll tell you exactly what I started doing. So I really wanted to be the, um, the Special K lady in the Special K advert. Saw her on TV and I was like, she just looks so happy and having so much fun. And they were like... And then, this is obviously, I know this sounds totally bizarre, but then they were like, um, oh yeah, so Special K diet is have um, a bowl of Special K for, for breakfast and for lunch. And I was like can't be healthy that literally cannot be healthy that's yeah. ridiculous so then I started looking into kind of changing my diet around mm -hmm. and then I thought and it kind of made sense to me rather than actually like being told it I'm obviously very overweight so I probably need to feel a little bit of hunger every time I eat so that my stomach will shrink so that I'll come back sort of get down to a normal size and yeah it all kind of started from that but I'm not even joking I was about 12 years old and I was like special K lady is so beautiful yeah. your first love my first love yeah I feel like making that switch from you know working out and you know anyone can go to the gym a few times a week um and think that that, that that's enough but I feel like most people sort of put their diet aside or they you know forget about it or sometimes they even reward themselves with food is which is not necessarily a bad thing at all but i think um integrating you know what you eat and what you put in your body as your fuel you know it's really important and i think you know as a as a 12 year old for you for you to realize that i feel like that's that's a pretty amazing uh thing that you were able to sort of see going forward with the rest of your life so if you were to say to a 12 year old now um what would you say to him or her to try and get him or her to kind of want to change and start 
during an enduring exercise? I personally don't think. So I'd say the flick switch more around 14, 15 yeah. years old. But I think as a 12-year-old kid, um, I feel like children need to be influenced positively from people but not told that you should want to eat this, you shouldn't eat that. You should just, I don't know, I think that's, I think that comes a lot from parents. It's really, I think it's really important. Like my younger brothers and sisters, I've never said to them, do not eat that because it'll make you fat or anything like that. <laughs> because it's just a really negative yeah. kind of associations with food. I feel like it's good to have a very very healthy diet but for kids to realize look what you eat so you're eating like you know three bowls of chocolate wheatos and a packet yeah. of fingers and three sandwiches but then like actually understanding the nutritional breakdown of food and sort of like, okay, so this actually also feeds into how I feel about nutritional education and food in schools and how kids aren't taught what's nutrition that we should be eating, what, you know, the amount of different minerals and vitamins in all the different vegetables and how each compounds parts of our body. And it's completely ridiculous that kids aren't taught that. So I actually just think it comes from more like an education level. And if you don't learn in school, then I feel like people parents, older siblings or whatever, should try and teach kids that so they understand how important it is to eat the right nutrients. Yeah, yeah. I've got a little brother that's he's 10 um, mm. now and they just don't get taught anything like that in school. And I think, I know maybe it's a bit old fashioned, but I think going back to having cooking lessons, mm. I think if you had that in school and you got people, and well especially children, but interested in like mm. what goes into things and okay, if you add vegetables like that, yeah. that is a certain like amount of vegetables that you should have per portion and yeah. understanding portion sizes mm. as well because I think I think it is an education. It's totally ridiculous. Like it is the fuel that keeps us alive. Like it is the like the difference between not even being overweight or not overweight, but suffering from depression and not. Yeah. Most cases of depression are linked to diet. Like it's totally insane that the most important thing about human life, what we feed ourselves, isn't taught to kids. So um, I actually met, you know, Melissa Hemsley, the Hemsley and Hemsley sisters, who do lots of cooking, and I absolutely love their work. They basically, they started off in like soups, and their mum's Filipino, and she makes these like amazing kind of homemade soups. And she does these, they now do these like talks occasionally on how like important it is to, you know, really kind of not only like serve nourishing food to yourselves and your loved ones or whatever but just having that care of preparing food yourself with integrity and yeah it's something that we don't really do anymore yeah no, I, I couldn't agree more because i was never taught how to cook my entire mm. life when i moved out of my parents house after i graduated um i pretty much had to teach myself or i was gonna starve <laughs> um because going out for food every single day, uh, you know, that can get a little expensive, and it's also not really the healthiest thing well, to do on top of It's just of full of, it's full of salt, really, yeah. like, restaurant food obviously tastes amazing, but there's, the salt level is so much higher. Yeah, it's like one daily, one, like, daily value in one meal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You mentioned before you are talking about uh, influencing how kids are behaving. Do you think that some of the people on Instagram, Twitter, and all the other social media channels, do you think they have a positive impact 
or do you think sometimes it's taken too far one way? I, I this is just a thing is I don't actually know the whole influencer world too well. I know that it's obviously the rocket fuel of kind of fitness and wellness world. But from my observation, it's been mainly positive. Um, just from seeing like my little brother on Instagram and all the kind of people that he follows and what they kind of talk about, I haven't noticed many like you know real influencers with loads and loads of followers that speak about anything that is probably deemed like incorrect or um, I don't know. What do you think? My problem with it is that it's too often taken too far to the extreme. Mm. So you see men who have the biggest arms you've ever seen and amazing mm. six packs and all the rest of it when they're probably in that shape for one maybe day, maybe two days a year, and then they take photos that they then tell them to spread out over that year. Yeah. And I saw the impact of that with friends at school. So in my year at school, really year of about sixty or so, by the time I turned seventeen six people were taking steroids. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that was partly fueled by back then it was more magazines so muscle and fitness and all these American magazines that were coming over people were very very kind of obsessed with becoming okay. these people that they see on these magazines yeah. a bit like how sometimes women's fashion and mm. um, you get these very skinny models that have um, unhealthy and unattainable bodies mm. and people are inspired by these role models yeah. uh, I just feel sometimes that it's taken too far to the extreme that people um, kind of work towards what's often not achievable yeah. and that can demotivate them at certain times. Yeah. Yeah. I think this people, I think you have to really appreciate that a picture is just a picture, it's like everything that is going on around that picture and I think a lot of like, especially Instagram accounts where they've got lots of followers, they do do a good job a lot of them of showing that journey, they show what they eat and they show their life outside of the gym and around it. So it's not just this body that you see, you see all the work and everything that goes into it and that it's a lifestyle, not just something that happens with the click of the fingers. I personally think the more people that are talking about sports and fitness and health and wellness and everything mm. involved is a good thing because the more people talking about it, hopefully it will influence more yeah. amount of people. And I think we have an epidemic on one side where we've got so many people are mm. not in like a healthy condition, um, whether that be because they're overweight or just don't even have to be overweight, but the food they're putting into them, you could just be as skinny as, as you like, but if you've not got a balanced diet, then you're not, you're not necessarily in a healthy shape. Mm. And I think then on the other side, then if, if the two can come together and merge together, then yeah. it's, it's perfection. Yeah. yeah, I think you have to be yeah. careful with a lot of the accounts because some are, are great and very educational and, and wholesome and then obviously you have the complete opposite which mm. which really aren't um, but I guess I think part of the problem is is that you get to choose there's obviously free choice of whatever accounts you want to follow and I think mm. surrounding yourself every single day on a constantly updating feed with basically things that you don't have mm. I think that could have some sort of mental effect. Oh, it's like, oh, that's the body I want. That's the car I want. That, you know, that person's better looking than me. That, that house is better, mm. bigger than mine. I think while it can definitely be positive and it, it should be positive, I think there are negative mm. effects. And I think sometimes people don't even realize that it's affecting them in a negative way. Um, so it's sort of a tricky area, especially Instagram, because it's visual. Twitter and some of the other outlets where you can read things or hear things a little bit more neutral, but I think Instagram, you know, there's a fine line in terms of what's 
like what you should follow, like what's good for you. And I, and I know kind of tying that in, I know a lot of what you guys do at Sweat and Sound isn't only physical, but it's also emotional and mm. mental. Could you maybe, you know, speak about that a little bit? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so this is actually one of the, our kind of big thing. I guess immersive fitness and immersive experiences are starting to become quite fashionable. Um, pioneered like year, 10 years ago or so by like SoulCycle, Les Mills and all of those sort of brands over in the States. But um, one thing we really are passionate about is obviously incorporating lots of different sort of stimulus to you know evoke an emotional reaction but um be it through like really live like amazing live music um an amazing venue um you know creative art installations but also there's this whole sort of area of research like scientific research around um like sensory um how do I even explain it? Sort of the connection between like the mind and the heart and helping us, you know, utilize our intuition more. So through this cloud, through um, various practices that they have practiced for thousands and thousands of years in ancient times. And they've incorporated sort of lots of different, there's still, for example, like hospitals in the Far East that people go to for a year or so and they heal their bodies of tumours and whatever and it they say it's because of the connection between the mind and the body and the heart and how it's something that we've lost through kind of urban western life and how it clarifies your mind and you know heals your body in lots of different ways anyway so all of that research is something that I find really really interesting and experiences such as so just as an example religious experiences you know people for hundreds and hundreds of years have you know gone to churches or gone to synagogues mosques whatever and that like experience of being part of a community being in a beautiful space listening to something like inspirational all of these like positive experiences evoke this kind of mental clarity that is so fundamental to our well-being i think it's like a really fundamental part whether it is through you being religious or whatever else so i my, i have a theory that this is why sort of the fitness and well-being industry is actually having such an amazing following because you can experience these emotional feelings through joining you know amazing classes and being part of this amazing fitness sports club and I think that emotional reaction is very important not just because you know you're doing it you're we've got a cool business and we want people to come to our events but because we actually want people to I don't know, gain something out of it. I think having been to one of one of your events that Alex mentioned before, um, one with the grime music, um, but I went to one before that where you did yoga in a cathedral with a live orchestra, yeah. and it was just absolutely fantastic. And I've I've done exercise literally every day this year, and we must be on day three hundred and something something now. Um, but it was one of the most like amazing experiences mm. because it was an experience. Mm. It wasn't just sweating. It wasn't just working out. Mm. It was something that was really. Um, I, I'm not particularly a religious person and I wouldn't say I get particularly sentimental but when you were there in that space with all of these other people it was just really really special yeah. and I think as well added to the fact I mean we mentioned before that you didn't find out the location until mm. like the day before and you arrived with all of these people and you all felt a bit like you were part of like this secret gang I think it really made it a 
an immersive experience yeah. um, that wasn't just yoga. Yeah. It was yoga in a cathedral with a live orchestra. Yeah, so that <laughs> event, I would say, so we've, I mean, we only launched in June, so yeah. we've literally done about six events to date. That event was that was like the building block to the stuff that we're doing for like next year and we're moving into. We experimented with, you know, a few different types of event, but the response we got from that yoga event is exactly what we're kind of building on now because that's what, you know, our aim is to just transport people into, yeah, something where they leave just feeling hopefully like... I guess it must be amazing as well because I don't know what marketing that you, you that you do currently, but I know myself. I've told so many people about that event. It's that kind of um, a kind of thing that you that you part you want to tell yeah. people because you want them to be able to experience it as well. Yeah. So have you had to do much marketing, or we haven't spent a penny on marketing? Really? I have to be honest. All of our marketing has been word of mouth, and yeah, it's been fine that way. And it's good because we don't have the supply to be able to cater to sort of loads and loads of demand so like we were looking at various PR agencies for a while and obviously they're the ones that you pay like a grand or two a month and they get you in Time Out magazine and whatever but that would have been so detrimental to us yeah. being in like Time Out having a million people trying to book onto classes yeah. that we can't cater for and yeah so we we haven't spent any money in marketing yet for the stuff that's happening next year we we are going to start doing different activities but right now for where we're at and I think that's what made it special actually because knowing as well I mean maybe in the future you'd have you might do more than one event a month but even like being at the start and knowing like this is just one one month time it made it be like okay whatever I'm else I'm doing I'm not doing because I want to do that um, <laughs> and I think like that's that's special like yeah. in this day and age when, especially when you're in London and there's so much going on mm-hmm. not just like in other experiences but even in the fitness industry yeah. I think really like Sweat and Sound have got something that is just going to fly off the shelf. Oh, that's great to hear, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah that's you got just to hit on another point as well actually so I feel we, one thing we really feel is that I guess in London and in New York and whatever other big cities people like they live off this rota of these are my days at work I've got plans seven days a week to see friends and family members and everything is so like regimented and by the book and I don't know if I'm the only one who feels this but I hate it so like I need spontaneity in my life I need to be able to like drop everything and do something exciting otherwise I just don't feel my soul just goes flat so I feel as if, even though you know people know that they're coming to one of our events the whole keeping it secret until before just that bit of spontaneity hopefully like gets people you know yeah kind of going off that I, I feel like more and more especially the younger generation as they are becoming professionals they're looking for more experiences than you know tradition like no one really wants to work your typical nine-to-five job anymore it's right? just mm-hmm. not interesting and, and they want an experience whether it be at work um, at home or, or in the gym um, so Kind of going off that, how do you feel the, about the current fitness scene in London in general? Do you think it's missing something? Do you think it's a priority in people's lives? Do you think, you know, how do you feel about it in general? 
I think it's definitely a priority in people's lives, but I feel as if people not only want to experience you know new and interesting things all the time people get bored quite quickly even things like you know you can sign up like i did a three-month um, f45 membership and i thought f45 was really cool did it for like you know two weeks or so really yeah got really bored yeah and i think that's the same with everything like no matter what class you do like even the holy grail of immersive spin classes soul cycle yeah. who i did that for the whole year in new york but you know it's i'm not gonna I, I went down from doing it like five times a week to end up doing like one time you know you, yeah. you're never going to continue doing something all the time i guess um so where was I going with that? <laughs> and that's where a really cool sports marketplace like Gay Sweat you can find whatever you want. <laughs> and that is actually true. Like there I just and also I've seen like gyms such as Third Space and stuff. I was chatting to one of the general managers of Third Space a while ago and she was saying that the membership has just plummeted like literally they are seriously struggling to get members but not only like and the only members they do have are like over 40 yeah corporate memberships yeah than that. yeah yeah exactly um yeah because i remember when i first moved here um you know i wanted to find a gym and there was just all of my options just they weren't that attractive mm. whether it be the price or the location or like the actual equipment they had it just I ended up settling on my school's gym um, because it was just easiest, but there was just nothing that really kind of jumped out at me. And I, you know, I'm originally from New York, um, where there's where there's gyms all over the place. Um, but still, like even there, there, a lot of it is just like the same gym that I feel like yeah. hasn't gone through the evolution that it has yeah. that it kind of needs to to catch up with everyone's yeah. like what they want to get out of this experience. Oh no, I was just going to say that's totally true and it's because of the life cycle of opening up a studio or a gym. Like it takes a good 18 months or so to find a space, get the planning permission, do the fit out. By the time you put the marketing in place and got people actually coming, you're a year behind, yeah. you know, what's happening, you know, right there and then. So yeah, I feel like there needs to be some real advancements in studios and how they engage with users and how they have like a flexible I don't I really I have to admit I just don't know yeah I don't think anyone knows I think that um, what you just said Jack I think there's not really a solution to that exactly because people like the variety so 10 years ago you joined a gym and you signed a 12 month membership two months in you realize you don't like it yeah fortunately you don't have to do that anymore but as you just said Ariana you get bored of things after a few weeks Sometimes you find something that you'll love for um, mm. six, eight weeks, but sometimes you'll go something once and you'll think that's just not for me, maybe mm. I'll try something else. Mm. Um, so I think gyms are struggling partly because of that, because people realise that they don't need to be fixed into one thing that they can mix and match mm. um, as and when they please. I think yeah. the beauty of that though is that because it's moving, the whole industry is moving to be more flexible, you can mix and match. So you could just do, I mean, it would be expensive, but you could just do cycle, so cycle mm. once a week and you could just do loads of these different options once a week. It's just, it's just being able to have that flexibility that I think users demand now. That's Especially when people, so many people like yourself work mm. remotely. 
You yeah. don't want to be tied to a hundred pound gym contract near your house because yeah. you're not near your house aside from first thing in the morning, last thing at mm -hmm. night. When really you want to be able to, like you said, drop things and do something you find exciting and enjoyable there and there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah, same way with being a startup. And I don't want, I don't want to have an office space. I don't want to be in the same place every day. So I think that's the same with fitness. Like people, yeah, it's just going to be an evolving industry. But people just need to keep being you know entertained in yeah. new ways and there'll be there'll be new trends and just got to keep up with it i guess yeah. <sighs> so, yeah so now we're gonna uh switch up segments a little bit basically we're gonna go into a quick rapid fire q a uh, about some questions that might be fitness related might not be um and just say whatever comes to your mind really so first one um no pressure, <laughs> no pressure. yeah how many days a week do you work exercise five Five or six, yeah. Okay, cool. And what is your favorite post-workout meal? Oh, <laughs> I have to be honest. Yeah. I've started having vega, um, vegan nutrition shakes. <laughs> That's what I have. They're so good, aren't yeah. they? Oh yeah. my god, yeah. I discovered them at Love Fit Festival with free samples. Yeah, I got those free samples in the drawer. <laughs> yeah, so I have the the vanilla multivitamin protein shake. Okay, yeah. I absolutely love it. I have it after every workout. Yeah, no, I actually have that one too, except my flavor, I don't even know if they have this flavor over here, but it's coconut almond flavored. It's really good. It's yeah. absolutely disgusting. What? No way! Oh, Alex, I hate coconut. Oh, no, yeah. It's not a bit of almond. It's like absolutely <laughs> I think it's excellent. I'm going to try this. It sounds yeah. good. Okay, so what's one thing you do in the morning to start your day right? Oh, wow. Well, um, probably, what do I even do? snooze <laughs> yeah probably the thing is I love my sleep so mm -hmm. I sleep for, I get ready in five minutes and I sleep for as long as possible but um, yeah I put music on no I put music on that's what I do any yeah, type of genre music. or anything grime <laughs> yeah sometimes I'm really into my grime I love it Sometimes go. I actually have just have like discover weekly yeah, okay. Spotify, Spotify yeah. just like press play yeah um so here's an interesting one. If you could be any animal in the world, what would you be and why? So I'd act, I'd be I'd be a dolphin. Um, either a dolphin or a um, an otter. Just I love otters. But um, yeah, I'd definitely be a dolphin. Any reason? Yeah, just because they're a water creature. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I like sea creatures. They're, I used to want to be mermaids, the nearest things for mermaids. They're also very intelligent. Um, yeah, and the water, the ocean's like 70% of the world, so I'd have far yeah. more space. And then to wrap things up, uh, what's like one tip or trick that you would give to everyone back home that you think is sort of, you know, not well known or that you do? Um, and integrate into your day or your workouts that kind of gives it that extra edge. Okay, so my it's my trick for making eggs. So I eat so many eggs. I love them. Put loads of turmeric in your eggs. Like you don't, because you don't need to use any salt. So it basically salts the eggs, but it's so good for you. So a bit of turmeric, um, a bit of pepper, and then like a splash of almond milk. Mix it all together, cook some spinach, the eggs in it, and I'm telling you, it is the most delicious breakfast you've ever had in your life. So yeah, that about wraps up everything um, for this week's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. We want to have a, a special thanks to Ariana coming on, and uh, you know, we wish you good luck in Thank the future. You. It was great having you. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Thanks, Thanks. Thank you.